he is. Hey, you don't need to let the people know that I'm not high. Maybe I am today. Oh, are you? No, I'm not. But you See, know, let I me let you. me share that information. Okay, I apologize. I will not speak for my client any longer. Thank you. Okay. So everybody, welcome to baseball today. It's the Thursday edition. We love that. We're pumped up for baseball in part because I still cannot believe what I saw last night. Shohei Otani on a day where he dominated the Tigers on the mound through a career high eight innings, gave up just one run was unbelievable yet again. He also clubbed his major league leading 40th homer. What do we, how could he ever top the season that he is giving us? I'm not really sure. I've been going through like single season war and reading about all these guys. I, I came across Tim Keefe, who's had the best season by war ever. And that was in like 1883. He threw 620 innings. Chris. Okay, stop. <laughs> Don't even bring that shit up. I, I'm oh, serious. I know. Like, that's, we don't that's need what I'm to talk about is, war and stuff like this. What we're seeing is unprecedented we've in never any seen level it. of sports. We've never seen it. We've talked about this to I mean, for so long on this show and all of our other shows at John Media. Like, we've just never seen it. Like, in our lifetime, we haven't. Like, people will say, you know, Babe Ruth, and I'll say this about Babe Ruth. He didn't. It was segregated. There was no full integration when Babe right. was playing. This is a world game, man. It's the best players in the world right now. So we've never seen this. And Shohei, like, continues to do it. And the 40th home run was an absolute oh, bomb. Unreal. He hits tanks, bro. What? Why does he have so much power? I don't understand. I don't know either. And the guy does it without taking batting practice, which is ridiculous. Maybe that's why he's so fresh in the game. Who the heck also, knows? Also eight innings pitched. Yeah. I mean, I love the quotes that were coming out of the Tigers clubhouse. You know, A.J. Hinch was like, it kind of sucks that we were on the wrong end of this, but we have to take a step back from just one game and being dominated by one game and appreciate what the hell is going on here. Yeah. And I actually, listen, I've been in this business, the ever-changing media business, for, for 30 years now. And I know that on a national scope, for the most part, baseball doesn't rate right? Executives tell their on-air talent, we're not going to talk about baseball because it's become too regional a sport. Shame on people for not talking about this, for not understanding what is happening here. There is nothing in any other sport that can compare to what we are seeing right now with Shohei Otani. So it doesn't matter that his team isn't really in contention. It doesn't matter that baseball doesn't play on a national scope. Challenge yourself to be better. If you are in this business, whether it's on the streaming side or the linear side or the print side, go outside of your comfort zone about talking about the top 10 quarterbacks. I love the NFL. I work there, too. But just for a second, let's stop talking about that. Let's or stop Tim talking Tebow. about the prize free agent deal in the NBA or the trade that was made for just a second to appreciate what is going on here. Because we might not ever see it again. I don't know if he'll, if this is the apex of Shohei's career here in the States. I hope it's not, but it might be. So just let's enjoy it. Let's spread the gospel of what is going on here, dude. I totally agree. And I don't think this is going to be his best season. Which is scary. It's scary. You know, this might be like maybe his most homer season or something like that. But he's just getting acclimated, man. Like this is what? This is his third season playing. Yeah. In the States. Mm -hmm. Like, give him some time. Let him get comfortable. Like, he's going to – the confidence that he's going to get from this season is only going to carry over into next season. Now, is the league going to, like, try to figure out a way to adjust to him? Of course. But, you know, we've seen him play. He can make adjustments. This guy can do everything. Yep. Unreal. Unbelievable. Um, 
so there was some interesting stuff that happened with a couple of pitchers last night. Lance Lynn got ejected midway through the White Sox game against the A's. They were late checking him for his belt. He went in the dugout to go get some treatment, and he threw his belt, and he got ejected. And then Caleb Smith not only got ejected for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they confiscated his glove because they saw something sticky on it, although Smith says, no way, it was just dirt and sweat. So now he faces a possible 10-game suspension. Which ejection was more interesting to you? I mean, the Lance Lynn one is hilarious. The reasoning he said he threw his belt was because they were late. He was down in the dugout, didn't want to go back up because he was dealing with something. So he just took his belt off <laughs> and tossed it onto the field, which, like, I get it, man. You're in the heat of the battle. Like, you already left your glove and your hat. Now they want your belt. Here, have my belt. And the umpires are, you know, soft and have thin skin, well, so they toss them. Okay. I understand that because I haven't been in, in a competition that level. So I've never been that heated. I've never been in the game where – and he was talking about needing to get treatment. So obviously he wasn't at the top of his physical condition. So I understand all that. The umpire has a job to do. And if the umpire was a little bit late, you don't have to throw your belt at him. Well, that's not he threw his belt at the umpire. He tossed it in his vicinity. And then, yeah. Hey, check it out. I don't think he should have been ejected for it. I just my guess is it probably could have been handled better. We haven't seen a great shot of it either. You know, it's kind of it was from way back, and then when they zoomed in, it was still kind of blurry. So I'm not saying he should have been ejected. I think that was utterly ridiculous, particularly when you're talking about contending teams here. I know the White Sox are going to run away with their division, but if we're going to eject people, let's make sure that they really need to be ejected. With all that being said, Caleb Smith, I, I don't know what was inside the glove. I didn't feel it. But this is the second time it's happened. Hector Santiago is the other one. It's the second time it's happened with this umpiring crew. This yep. is Bill Cousy and Tom Hallion's crew, a couple of veteran umpires out there. Are they seeing something that the rest of the league isn't here? Maybe they're just, like, interpreting the rule to the strictest form. You know, Lavello did say he felt something sticky on the glove. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, you have Roz and – I don't – that's the thing I don't understand. You you texted me this morning and you said, why didn't they – why don't they just send these gloves in to get tested for illegal substances? That's – Right. I feel the same way. Like, if there's Roz on the glove, like, some, and you can put it on your hand, like, sometimes it's going to spread, dude. Like, I don't, I don't get, like, if you feel sticky, that's it. Like, that should not be it because rosin is inherently sticky when it's mixed with sweat. So – I don't know, man. They got to figure out a better way of doing this. I know it's only been two suspensions or a possible suspension here, uh -huh. uh, but that means a lot, you know, to teams and, and to these players. Like, he doesn't want to be labeled as a cheater. If That's he what he said. Cheat. That, was that sucks one for thing. that guy. So, you know, I think there needs to be a better way. Maybe this offseason they figure out a quick test for the gloves. Uh, but I'll, I'll side on his, I'll, I'll believe him until I get some, some proof back. Well, that's the problem. Is it doesn't sound like we're going to get proof because I think – I'm still a little confused because I went back this morning and read the appeal when Santiago's glove was confiscated. They said they read the report from the umpires. They had to take their word for it. They said the glove was used as evidence, but they never fully tested it, I believe. And so it's so very confusing. We really need some – this comes as a shock that somebody from Major League Baseball hasn't been – proactive with this and stood in front of a microphone to explain to everybody what they found. I mean, it would be nice to do instead of just hush, hush, this is the way we handled it. I mean, that's, that's why it just looks shitty. I think I, we all got to get on the same page. And if guys are, you know, breaking the rules, then they should be penalized and that's okay. But it's just, 
seems so wishy-washy. And Caleb Smith's number one point was, even if they don't find anything on the glove, people are going to think I'm a cheater for the rest of my career. Yeah, 100 that's tough to handle. So if you're going to go down this slippery slope, you damn well better be right. Because when you're talking about people's reputation, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's very unfair. All right, Freddie Freeman and the Braves are killing it. He had his second career cycle last night. Braves have won six in a row. They're extending their lead there in the National League East. If Freddie continues to kick it into high gear, do you think he's going to win his second straight MVP? No. I don't. And Freddie, I, I love Freddie. There's no slight at what he's doing. He's no. an incredible ball player doing incredible things on the baseball field. But he's looking up at a couple different guys, maybe three or four guys that he's got to pass. One of them being Fernando Tatis Jr., who's probably the front runner right now. Mm -hmm. uh, some people say he's already won it. I think the Muncie's right there with him. What, the, what Max Muncie's been able to do has yep. been incredible. Two, I think he had two more bombs last night. He did. So as good as Freddie's been, and the cycle is amazing, and the Braves are hot now, and I love that narrative. I think that he, they'd have to have an epic collapse, and he'd have to continue to go gangbuster. So I, I think no is the answer, and I think that's Tatis and, and Muncie at the top right now. Yeah, and I think that that he's top five um, yeah. in the MVP. It's really interesting. His OPS, uh, I don't know if it updated since last night, but when I checked it last night, 975 in the second half. Since May 7th, he's hitting almost 340, and that was the day that he was hitting under 200. So he is really, you know, the beginning of the year, he had some pop. His power numbers were decent, but the rest of his game just wasn't Freddie-like. So he's played extremely well. Uh, and by the way, there are some people that have said he's not even the MVP on his own team, that Ozzie Albies has wow. been the guy, uh, which I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that, but they've had a bunch of guys. Austin Riley's played great. Um, Dancy Swanson has really turned it on. I'm not saying he's an MVP candidate, but I think it's been such a collective we that that's been nice to see. And I think you and I are in the same boat. Max yeah, Muncy I mean, is right up there. Muncy's right there. And we've talked about this before, I believe. You know, Freeman doesn't really lead in any statistical category that you'd want to see him lead in, uh, except for plate appearances. That's good. That means you're playing every day, and that's how you get those right. counts. That's up. But if you're looking at OPS, uh, there's Tatis, Muncy, Harper, Soto, Winker, Acuna, Votto, Castellanos, all in front of Freeman. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, which sliding team, which sliding contending team are you more concerned with? The Red Sox, who just got swept in the boogie down, or the Padres, who just got swept in Colorado, but are still hanging on to that second wild card <sighs> for now? I think both those teams kind of just ran into like a buzzsaw. That's crazy for me to to describe Colorado as a buzzsaw. But at home, they're really good. Yankees playing really good, you know, doing the damn thing. So I don't know. I think I'm probably more concerned um, with the Padres uh, just because of who they have to play coming up. Yeah. They have, a, I think, a tougher schedule. It's brutal. And they haven't really had any – I don't know. To me, it seems like they're going to have to flip the switch and soon to stay in that hunt. And I think it's going to come down to it. I don't think, like, by any means they're going to be out of it and the Reds are going to take them over because the Reds are – I think they just lost to the Cubs. They did. They just lost a series to the Cubs. You would drop, whatever, 12, 13 straight games. So they, that's a, they survived that because that could have mm -hmm. been bad. If the Reds go take care of business, then they're out of the playoff spot looking up already, but I think that's going to be a battle, but I'm more concerned about them missing the playoffs than probably the Red Sox, even though uh, they have their own concerns, obviously. For, for me, it's, it's definitely the Padres. Um, all their pitching is injured. That's, that's decent. Yeah. Um, 
And it's listen, I know you guys did a, a great show on Talking Baseball about the schedules down the stretch and all that sort of stuff. The last two weeks, the Padres have had games against Miami, Arizona, and Colorado, and that is it. 13 games. You would have thought 10 and 3, 9 and 4. They went 5 and 8. Mm. 5 and 8 in those 13 games. Yeah. So, the, as much as we like to talk about the schedule, and I'm as guilty as anybody, we can't do it. You just cannot do it because you never know. You would look at that two week stretch and say, I remember we talked about this. We were like, this is a perfect time for the Padres to get help, healthy, even if they don't have all their bodies. And it's five and eight against those teams. It's now you, br you bring up the schedule. Nine more against San Francisco and L.A. They still have series against Houston, Atlanta, St. Louis, and the Angels. It's tough. I believe there's one, like, nine-game stretch that they have to get through. And then the last part of their – the last six games, I think, are the Giants-Dodgers. So those might not even freaking matter if they don't right. get past these, these first nine games against the teams that you just mentioned. But I'm looking at the wild card standings now. All the teams that are right there for that second wild card, because that's the, basically the only thing that's available right now. Yes. Uh, Dodgers or the Giants will have the, sec the first wild card locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reds four and six in their last ten. Phillies four and six. Mets four and six. Padres three and seven. You know who who came up? Cardinals. The Cardinals, baby, yep. going seven and three. They're only four games back of that second. I know. They're lurking, Chris. They're they are. Lurking. We'll probably. I we haven't. I, I haven't made a topic on them. That's probably my fault. It is actually since I come up with the topics for the show. So I will make sure we get them in soon. I was expecting maybe them to win the series against the Brewers. Uh, I guess it possibly still could have happened. Didn't they win the first game? Did they win the first game the other? No, they didn't. So I guess they've lost the series to the Brewers already. I'll be better. Okay. <laughs> last one. <laughs> the, the Yankees couldn't be better than they've been in their last six games because they've won them all, including three against their arch rival from Boston. Andrew Velasquez. <clears throat> little known, comes up with huge play defensively to finish last night's game. Four RBIs in the three-game series. And we found out from Sweeney Murdy afterward that the 27-year-old was born in the Bronx, grew up a Yankee fan, and he is currently living at home with his parents. <laughs> so do we call that awe a sweet little story, or do we say, yo, dude, you're 27 and in the show. Go find your own place. Uh, I think it's a sweet story, man. Like, first of all, New York's expensive, Chris. Dude, this guy's trying to stack his chips, dude. He's, he's got that cash rolling in there, and he doesn't need to go spend it on some high-priced rent for some one-bedroom shoebox in New York. Screw that. What I really think should happen, I don't mind that he's living with his parents. That's like a very Joe Maurer thing to do. I think Joe Maurer lived with his parents for a long time, too. Uh, what I really think should happen is, like, Giancarlo Stanton should be like, hey, buddy, why don't you come move in? There you me? go. What, like, one of these dudes is making these big bucks who doesn't have a family, Giancarlo, Aaron Judge. Like, let this guy move in. Let's, let's take him out on the town a few times, and then he'll take right. you down to the Bronx. He'll make sure you're, like, good and, like, with the real people of New York. So that's, that's great kind of call. what I hope happens. Yeah, I asked Michelle last night because I, I was telling her the story, and she was like, oh, that was sweet. Because she saw a guy wearing a championship belt over his shoulder. She was like, what's the deal? So we talked about it. And I said, so – how do you think that works? Let's say he goes out to a club, and I don't know Andrew Velasquez at all. I don't know. I might be going down dangerous territory. He might be married. He might have a girlfriend, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> if he's living at his parents' house, he's probably not. Doesn't have you a don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a girlfriend. Or, could be. 
Um, let's say he's single and he goes out. And they're like, what do you do? I play for the Yankees. Awesome. Where do you live? My, my parents. Is that, a, well, is that a deal breaker? No, this is another thing uh, that you know, we have to mention is it's first of all, it's hard to get a short term rental anywhere. He doesn't know how long no, he's going to be up. So, like, look, so practical. It's, I know the story is, is that he's, you know, this guy's playing for the Yankees, making this money, should be, you know, living it up in downtown. But the, 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 the real story is he doesn't know how long he's going to be up. And you can't find short term rentals. And if you do, the price is exorbitant. So, good job, Velasquez. I like that, man. If I was living in New York and I was on the Yankees right now, I would say, come live with me, buddy, for free. That's nice. <clears throat> That's good thinking. Uh, I love that, too. I love that, too. All right. Um, what do you got coming up on John Boy? What's up? I got nothing coming out today, man. We got, we're doing the, the series recap tomorrow on Talking Baseball. Thursdays are an easy day for me. Sometimes I have a sequence coming out, but most of the time it's just one episode a week. So I'm chilling today, man. What do you got? By the way, can I tell you that my oldest son, Josh, who's almost 21, <clears throat> excuse me, he made a specific point of saying, you know what series I really like? Plus sequence. Oh. Because I really, I dig it. You got to make me happy. That's cool. Yeah. Tell, him I, tell him I said thank you. I will. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Trevor May and the New York Mets. Out. Very interesting because we recorded it about 12 hours after he blew up in San Francisco and had arguably his worst outing of the year. We talked a lot about that how he bounces back, you know, how you have to have a short-term memory as a reliever, how that is challenging. We did not talk to him about Stephen Cohen's Twitter episode yeah. yesterday because we had already taped it, but we did talk to him about Cohen coming in and, and talking to the guys in Philadelphia in the clubhouse. Um, really interesting stuff. Very in, Including, I made a specific point about thanking him for coming on the podcast. It would have been easy for him to say, hey, you know what? I need to move. I can't do it right now. Now I'm in good headspace. He told me why he needed to come on the podcast, and I found it fascinating. It was really interesting. I yeah, and you know, I listened to him talk about Cohen coming into the clubhouse, and that, mm -hmm. it sounded like it's a completely different thing than when it was made out to be by the media. So I apologize for that because I thought he came in, tried to pump him up. It sounds like he just went around the room saying hi to people and doing all that, which is why well, you can't always find and media Hmm? Can't always listen to those media people. No, sometimes we're stupid, and I'll admit it. That's, the, that's the difference between us and everybody else. Is I'll admit when I'm wrong and stupid. Hell yes, we do. You got it. You have to admit when you're wrong. When you do this business long enough, you are going to be wrong a certain percentage of the time. And if you can't own your mistakes, then why the hell should people believe what you say? There are some people who have made a shitload of money in this business, and you know who I'm talking about. That don't admit when they're wrong that don't admit when they're wrong and they continue to get patted on the head by their executives because they pile in the cash for their companies. That's fine. If you want the truth and you want real people that are honest and make mistakes and live up to them, then you'll hang with us here at John Boy Media. That's what we try to do here. That's you know, right, we're going to screw shit up. It happens. Hey, I, still um, don't like, I still don't like his tweet yesterday. It doesn't change anything, all right? Cones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was interesting because it was probably about a 60-40 split didn't like it but there were a lot of people who did like it who said hey it's his team you know he's just he's being a an owner slash fan yeah interesting can I, can I flip the script before we leave and ask you a Please. question yeah last question quick answer i need your first uh reaction your first feeling about the dodgers city connect mm. jerseys 
I love the color of the uniforms. I re that real rich blue. I mm -hmm. like it, but it feels like they they kind of gave up like 70% of the way through making the uniforms and hats. Like I like the idea of what they're honoring and representing, but it feels like they were they were rushed to finish the project. Yeah, I would have liked to see a little bit more. I yeah. love, you know, paying tribute to the Hispanic culture that we have here in LA. It's a huge yep. part of LA, as you know. Absolutely. Love that. Fernando Valenzuela. It's like the 40th anniversary of him. Fernando Mania. I love Fernando Valenzuela. I used to see him all the time. His son was in high school around the time my brother was. Oh. Uh, so I'd see him playing baseball. My brother would play against his son. I'd see him. I got to say hi to him when I was young. It was really cool. But, yeah, maybe some palm trees or something, something else. Identifiable. Yeah. You know, there's so much that happens in L.A. that you could have put on there. I feel like they did fall a little bit short, too, although I do agree with you. I like the blue. They're they're – they're safe. Yeah, they're safe. And I don't – let me tell you something, Chris. I don't like Los Dodgers here and then Los Dodgers here. That's what I'm saying. It felt like it was rushed to finish. Like, okay, yeah. you have five minutes left in the exam. And you're like, shit, I got like 20 questions still to get through. Yeah. I don't – that's why. Uh, by the way, people asking about the hat, uh, I, I just grabbed it quickly. I believe this – and I apologize if it's wrong, uh -oh. but I believe it's a Buffalo Bison uh, alternate hat that they sent me. I like that hat a lot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. Uh, we'll get the right um, – whatever it is, we'll put it on our YouTube channel and our social media outlets. And you've got the Joe Maurer, I'm the best softball home run hitter hat. Is that what that is? Yeah, shout out to, you know, Joe Maurer's foundation. He works with the uh, Children's Gillette Hospital in Minnesota. So it's a, it's a you know, it's a good thing. And, yeah, yeah I won, yes, I won the home run derby. I know you did. Do you think Maurer would ever come on Rosa Rotation? Yeah. You think yeah, so? I think so. I have to ask him. We always had a good relationship. He was always great with us. You know? Good dude. All right. Um, tomorrow, I think we have to, because of a rose rotation taping, we might have to go at 11 Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Mm, I think that works. I'll text you. Okay. Text me. I'm not high today. I'm, I'm going to let you answer that. God, these people, <laughs> they're <laughs> relentless. Get out of my boy's mentions. <laughs> All right, man. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Later. Peace.